Do your number two. Okay. <laughs> You're definitely going to have to cut that out. <laughs> Seth and I have a favor to ask. If you are enjoying Extra Credit, the Rock You podcast, please do us a solid and go ahead and share it with friends. Also, if you rate and review it on whatever podcasting platform you listen, it will get to other people and that'd be good. We want more people to hear about this stuff that we think is so cool. So share, rate, review, and thank you. Rockers, welcome back to Extra Credit, the Rock You Podcast. I'm your co-host, Seth Hinckley, sitting here internetally with the <laughs> Kevin Cronin to my Alan Greitzer. It's Sabrina's dad. Happy birthday, Sabrina. It's Matt Black. What's going Aww, on, Matt? Not much. Yeah, it was my daughter's birthday yesterday. If you do your research, you know exactly when we're recording this podcast. <laughs> it's nice to see you, Seth. You got any snow down on the ground in Houston over there? Hardly ever, man. That happens like once a decade. I figured. But it is a little bit cooler. Yeah. So uh, what are you wearing? Well, Seth, today I'm wearing one of my police t-shirts. I'm wearing the, I think I've worn this one before. Can you see it? Yeah. I'm wearing my police t-shirt that I got when I saw them at the Stade de France on their reunion tour. I'd have to look at my own back to know the date. I think it was 2007. <laughs> Later on, I'll pop cool. a mirror out and check. Because it's winter time, I'm wearing a sweater. It's actually cool here in Houston. It's nice. in the 50s Fahrenheit, so uh, it's it's not too bad. My dog is very frisky outside. So, cool. Uh, you, sounds you might actually hear him if he comes by the window and barks at me a it's little bit. It's about the same here. I'm going to look up the temperature right now on this day that you don't know unless you're really digging in. It is 44. It's warmer in Houston. That's no surprise. <laughs> cool. Well, what are we doing today since we're talking about cold weather and sweaters and well, stuff? Well, welcome to a very special bonus episode of Extra Credit the Rock You podcast. As you know, if you've been listening for a long time, and this is our third season, every year for the holidays, we like to throw you a bonus. And uh, last year we did Best Holiday Songs. And this year we said, well, we've already done Best Holiday songs so let's do best songs about winter top five songs about yeah. winter. cool chilly stuff chilly stuff and I, I gotta say seth winter is my favorite season i love the snow i love especially the, the worst kind of winter weather i like it when we're totally at the mercy of the elements i love doing our summer our, our top five songs of summer last summer or two summers ago and uh, yeah. i was really excited to do best songs about winter and i gotta tell you slim pickens man i could not find many yeah. songs i was excited about this was a tough one and i went from like that really energized like let's go run around in the snow and throw ourselves in the snowbanks vibe to oh I'm, now i'm just sad and depressed and i just want to yeah. sit here at home <laughs> Seasonal Affective Disorder. Pretty much. The podcast has a little SAD today. <laughs> a little SAD. We'll see what we get. Hopefully you have some stuff that'll perk us up. Maybe. Uh, <laughs> we'll see. So what were your criteria for picking these songs? Because I, really, I had a very limited amount of criteria. I really didn't have any except that I, I went out of my way not to pick any songs that are holiday songs because we did that last, right, last yeah. year. And some songs don't explicitly mention the holidays, but they've come to be associated with holidays. They're Christmas carols like Jingle Bells or Let It Snow. So I didn't pick any of those yeah. either. Yeah. I tried to leave those off too. Which left me with pretty much not much. <laughs> Yeah. So I said no Christmas or Hanukkah songs. And if it had a reference to 
one of my songs is going to have a holiday reference, but not necessarily to Christmas as a Christmas song. That's all good. But it had to have an obvious involvement of winter. Yeah. Now, obviously. because you brought it, you already brought it up because there's a real dearth of these songs. You really can't is. really find something about winter that's not kind of depressing. I'm going to set the over under for us today at one and a half. And I thought about this. I always take the under and I have it in my notes that I should take the under. But you know what? I, I think I might just take the over. Go so. for it. I'm going to take the under. I think there's a, a 100% certainty that one of our songs is going to be the same. I think there's a fairly okay. good chance that a second one is going to be the same. So I should probably take the over. But if you're taking the over, I'll take the under. Okay. My instinct is always wrong on these anyway. So I feel good taking the under. I think the last couple of times you went first and I went last and I got the last word on some of these things. So why don't I go first this time sure. and you get the last word on winter song? Sure. No worries. I, I don't keep track, so I'll trust you. We'll go with your okay. call. Yeah. My number five is Song for a Winter's Night by Sarah McLaughlin. That's on her album that she put out called Rarities, B-Sides, and Other Stuff. This song was written by Gordon Lightfoot. Wow. Oddly enough, while he was on tour during the summer of 1967 in Cleveland, Ohio, I guess that Cleveland in the summer is bad enough to make you wish it was winter in Canada. <laughs> and he was missing his first wife and he wrote the song for her. His version, if you go pull it up on Spotify, is kind of bouncy. It's a happy-go-lucky tune. It's got some jingle bells as an accent. But the version that I picked by Sarah McLachlan is a different kind of song. It came out originally on the soundtrack to the 1994 film Miracle on 34th Street, which was a remake of the original one that I think was made in the 40s. And her version of this song is really chill. I mean, I could have put it on my chill songs list, but hmm. I, I was saving it for this one because we had already talked about the winter songs. Sarah's voice on this is just so calm and clear. It's like a cold winter's night with snow on the ground. The slightly staccato delivery of the verses, it's not jarring at all, but it's kind of like walking in crunchy snow. So it gives you a really good vibe for that. My favorite lines are probably out of the chorus where it says, I would be happy just to hold the hands I love on this winter's night with you. Aww. It's an extremely well-crafted cover with sparse instrumentation that really allows the vocals to be the star of the show here. I've always loved this song ever since I first heard it when I bought the, the CD back in, oh, I don't know, 96, 97 when it came out. Song for cool. a Winter's Night by Sarah McLaughlin is my number five. Cool. I don't know it. I'm looking forward to listening. What's your number five? Well, this is the one that's the second most likely to be an overlap, so we'll see if we get some bells for this uh, wintry night. It's Winter Time by the Steve Miller Band. I'm waiting no. for the bells. Nope. Okay. No bells. <laughs> Steve Miller's a very talented musician, and you know he's also very much of his time. The era is very recognizable. He's got some psychedelic elements in this mid-70s. I think it was 1977. And right. he does a nice job with the lyrics and the music of conveying a sense of bleakness and loneliness, which totally brought me down. So <laughs> this is not what I was hoping for. <laughs> I was looking for some good hygge, which is my best attempt to pronounce the Danish word that means like extra ultra cozy. That's very popular oh, now. Oh, yeah. So, Hi yeah, Heige? it's pronounced Hyga. That's my best Hyga. 
my best attempt at it. Wintertime by Steve Miller is exactly the opposite. The leaves are dying, the snow is cold, the guy is miserable. It's metaphorical, but it's kind of on the nose. Like, there's not a lot of cleverness to this song. It's pretty direct, even though it's metaphorical. And um, yeah. there's not much else to say about it. It's a nice tune. And this is all I can say about my number five choice, so you can imagine what didn't make the list. <laughs> it was not exciting. <laughs> I'm glad I started out with a, uh, a happy one. Yeah, yeah. No, Wintertime by Steve Miller Band is my number five. It does get better from here. Still problematic. Oh. <laughs> Not an easy list to make. What's your number four? So my number four is California Dreamin' by the Mamas and the Papas. Do we have a ding? No, no? it's on my honorable oh, mentions, man. and I'll tell you why after you do your thing. Okay. California Dreamin' by the Mamas and the Papas came out in December of 1965, and that's when they released it as a single. But it's not the first time it was recorded. So the Mamas and the Papas were the backup singers on the original recording by a guy named Barry McGuire. And the song was written by John and Michelle Phillips in 1963. They let Barry McGuire record it because he was instrumental in getting them a record deal by introducing them to the head of Dunhill Records. California Dreamin' was the top single on the Billboard end-of-the-year survey for the year 1966, and it also tied for number one on the Cashbox end-of-the-year survey. I guess Cashbox was the competitor to Billboard before they went under, and they tied with Staff Sergeant Barry Sadler's Ballad of the Green Berets. California Dreamin' was later covered by America, the Beach Boys, and Jose Feliciano. Hmm. This is a classic example of the California sound, along with songs by the Beach Boys, the Birds, and Crosby, Stills, and Nash. It's not a very happy song. I mean, all the leaves are brown and the skies are gray. I mean, it kind of sounds like Paris through most of the winter. Michelle Phillips actually wrote the lyrics while she and John were in New York during the winter, and she was just longing to go back to California and the sun. Everybody knows this song. The harmonies of the Mamas and the Papas are amazing. And even with the limited recording capabilities in the 60s, you can still hear it clear as a bell. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's an amazing song. I've always liked it. That's why it's my number four, even though it's kind of a little bit depressing. Oh, it's a beautiful song. And I'm pretty sure the, the Wrecking Crew, the famous Session Crew, did all the instruments for it. We'd have to, we might have to fact check yeah, that. Yeah, they, sure. they wrote it in New York, but they recorded it in California. You want to know why yeah. it's, why it didn't make my list? Do you want to know why it's an honorable mention? Sure. I'm, yeah, why? Because I'm from New England, man. That's not winter. You got brown leaves and gray skies. That's like October, man. So I was, I, I didn't realize she wrote it in New York. I'd be really curious to know what the date was that she's got the idea for that song because it doesn't feel like a wi winter in New York is miserable on the on a bad day or bright and sunny. Like that's the, you know, I couldn't bring myself as a snobbish, snarky New Englander to call this a winter song. It's <laughs> Even though she's, she says winter, even though the lyrics have winter in them, I couldn't get there. <laughs> Just couldn't do it. Just couldn't, couldn't get, get out of your Connecticut self. <laughs> All right, man. What's your number four? My number four, I'm pretty excited about, but it's really a stretch to call it a winter song. Even though the word winter and the word snow are in the lyrics, the song is Snow Day by Lisa Loeb. Okay. I'm including this mostly just because I think it's a really great story. Not the song, but the whole Lisa Loeb connection. So I think I've mentioned on the podcast before that I went to college with Lisa Loeb. She's yeah, a year yeah. ahead of me, and so is my my wife, and they lived in the same dorm freshman year. Lisa yeah. Loeb was a, was a legend at our school, along with her musical partner, Liz Mitchell. And they performed as Liz and Lisa. 
Anyone who was at Brown at this time, the late 80s or 1990, absolutely knew about Liz and Lisa. And anytime they performed, they had huge crowds. And they were just a brilliant, like Simon and Garfunkel style, harmony folk duo. Lisa played the guitar, wrote the songs and sang the low parts. And Liz sang these very nice, very pretty high harmonies. Lisa was also dark haired and Liz was also curly blonde haired, just like Simon and Garfunkel. So there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. Anyway, after college, we all hoped they'd go on to something big and they didn't stay together. And Lisa tried to make it on her own in New York. And the legend goes, well, it's actually true. Um, she lived in the same apartment building as Ethan Hawke. And Ethan Hawke was starring in Reality yeah. Bites, which is to Gen X what the big chill was kind of to um, baby boomers, except that the music and the movie Reality Bites are m- far inferior to the movie Much and the music big chill. Yeah. Of course, the generation is superior, but that's a different story. Uh, in any case, <laughs> and they knew each other and Ethan Hawke recommended her song Stay. And I think it's got a parenthetical title. I can't remember. To the movie producers and sure enough it got into the movie over the closing credits and she finally got her break then she re-recorded a lot of the songs she had done as Liz and Lisa in college this song Snow Day was one of her staples or one of their staple songs and what's interesting about it to me is if you listen to the early recordings and I have the album here the artist is Lisa Loeb and Nine Stories the album is called Tales 1995 so this is about when she was getting big this is a slickly produced album with professional session musicians and to my ears it has absolutely no None of the charm of the original recordings yeah. that, you know, I bought them on cassette tape out of a cardboard box in college, the, uh, you know, the, the, Liz and Lisa, <laughs> the Liz and Lisa LPs. But when she got to New York, she made a demo and she passed it on record companies and went nowhere until Ethan Hawke helped her get her first big yeah. break. Somebody found these demos. They're called the Purple Tape Demos and they're on Spotify now. And even though you don't have Liz's voice oh, in cool. the mix, you have the brightness and the enthusiasm and the charm and the quirkiness of the original recordings. So I recommend it. Uh, I'll put this in the playlist that we put that we put in the show notes. But I recommend to anyone who wants to hear what Lisa Loeb sounded like before big audio before got she was before big audio got produced. their hands on her. Uh, go listen to the Purple Tape demos. These are great, and they do capture the enthusiasm. The song doesn't seem to have much to do with winter, although I'm interpreting the lyrics as being written from the point of view of someone who's going home for the holidays from college, but. The, okay. the song is called Snow Day, and it does have the word winter in it, so I'm going to let myself sneak it in at my number four. There you go. What's your number three? All right. So my number three is Same Old Lang Sign. Ooh. And I always thought it was same A-U-L-D, but it's same O-L-D hmm. Lang Sign by Dan Fogelberg. Cool. That came wow. out in 1980 as a single. And ended up on his album called The Innocent Age in 1981. That is 100% the first Dan Fogelborg reference on Extra Credit, the Rocky podcast. No question about it. Yeah, it definitely (laughs) is. This song is actually autobiographical. Fogelberg was visiting his parents for Christmas at the family home in Peoria, Illinois in 1975 when he ran into an old high school girlfriend, a woman named Jill, at the Convenient Food Mart. (laughs) Now, I don't know if that's a convenience store or if it's still there, but that would be great if it was. It's a narrative about the encounter and the resulting conversation that they had while drinking a six-pack of beer in her car since there was no bar open for them to go get a drink on Christmas Eve or Christmas Day or whenever it was. So the female subject of the song is a woman named Jill Anderson Grulich confirmed that the story in the song was true, except for two points. One, her eyes are green, not blue. And that her now ex-husband was a physical education teacher and not an architect. 
And then there's another line that she kind of didn't talk about. There's a line in the song that says, she would have liked to say she loved the man, but she didn't like to lie. Hmm. So she refused to answer any questions about that in the interview that I saw. But by the time of the song's release in 1980, she and her husband had been divorced. Mm. This is amazing that the entire song is pretty factual. Uh, In 2006, Dan Fogelberg got a letter from a fan who asked him about the meaning of the song's final lyric. And as I turned to make my way back home, the snow turned into rain. Now, this lyric has been interpreted metaphorically, with some people thinking that the world was feeling warmer after he talks to his ex-girlfriend, so it warms the snow to rain, and others thinking that the rain symbolized tears of sadness that they wouldn't be getting back together. Fogelberg actually replied to this letter and acknowledged that the world feeling warmer metaphor was really wonderful, but it really wasn't a metaphor at all. He said it was literal. He wrote back, as I drove home, the snow actually did turn from snow into rain. Great song, great story. The melody of the song is actually based on the 1812 Overture by Tchaikovsky Hmm. and ends with Old Lang Syne, the typical New Year's Eve song. It's played as a soprano saxophone solo by a guy named Michael Brecker. Michael Brecker? Yeah. Seriously? Oh, he's a legend. That's the name, yeah. Oh, he's a legend. Really good sax player. It's a song about winter and a true story that happened to Dan Fogelberg during the winter of 1975. I love the way that they merge Old Lang Syne as the sax solo, even though it's supposed to be on Christmas. Uh, So it kind of takes the holiday season And it does talk a lot about the weather, about how cold things were. Same old Lang Syne by Dan Fogelberg is my number three. Cool. What's yours? What's your number three? Well, this one doesn't really feel like a winter song to me either, uh, except that the title is a date, and it's December 1963 by The Four Seasons. Oh, what a night. (laughs) Exactly. Oh, what a night in parentheses. great song. It is. It is. But it just doesn't feel like it's about winter. The closest I can come to is that, you know, winter can be a very festive time, especially with lots of lights around, holiday lights. And it does capture a little bit of the excitement of the end of the year and the lights. But it really doesn't feel like it was written about winter. And that's because it wasn't. It came out in 1975. (laughs) It was written by the keyboard player for the Four Seasons, Bob Gaudio. It was originally written with the title December 5th, 1933. And it was supposed to celebrate the end of Prohibition. I mean, first of all, who writes a song in the 70s okay. about something that happened in the 30s? All right, well, we'll just we'll let that one go. But Frankie <laughs> Valley and Bob Gaudio's wife, Judy Parker, didn't like the lyrical concept and convinced him to change the topic to his courtship of his wife, Judy Parker. So she rewrote okay. the lyrics. The song is by Bob Gaudio and Judy Parker. And it was actually a little bit odd because it's not sung by Frankie Valley. The lead vocal on the track is by the drummer, Jerry Polchi. It's the last four seasons. Yeah. Okay. The last four seasons. Singing drummers. <laughs> I go for singing drummers. I don't know if they ever did it at the same time. I'm not sure. But in any case, it's the last four season songs to reach number one. It's a great song. Frankie Valley songs also, or I shouldn't say Frankie Valley songs in this case, four season songs make great covers. And I can just imagine how many great covers there exist to this song. Not that I know of any. That's a stretch to say it's about winter, but December 1963 gets it in the front door. And that's my number three spot. It is a great song. And it's a happy song. It's a happy too. song. Yeah. Yeah. At least you found a happy well, song. Snow Day's They're pretty not happy all depressing. Too. Yeah. I got a couple more. Okay. We'll see. (laughs) 
<laughs> What's your number Good. two? Are you down to two? I'm down to two. Okay. And I can't believe that we haven't had a bell ringer I'm, yet. But I'm, um, I'm, I'm willing to bet the farm that my number one is also your number one or two song. Okay. So my number two song is Hazy Shade of Winter by the Bangles. Ding, 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 ding. Except, there we go. except that I chose the original version. So you go ahead. You talk about yours, <laughs> I'll talk about mine. <laughs> Hopefully I don't mow your no, entire lawn it, on this it. one. The lawn's not yeah. growing anyway. It's December. <laughs> <laughs> so this one was written by Paul Simon and originally recorded by Simon and Garfunkel, who put it out as a single in 1966. But their version doesn't have their trademark harmony with it. That's right. And the beat's rather simple. And it's really just kind of a bland song, in my opinion. Hmm. And in contrast, the Bengals version is much more robust in its instrumentation as, as well as the harmonies. In 1987, the Bengals were approached to record a song for the soundtrack of the film Less Than Zero. They decided to re- record a cover of Hazy Shade of Winter, which they had been performing live since March of 83. The lead vocals were performed jointly by all four members of the group, and then at the end, Susanna Hoffs kind of takes her own solo. But the record was produced by the Bangles and Rick Rubin, Hmm. and it went to number two on the Billboard Hot 100 and number 11 in the UK. The harmonies, the rhythm, and the guitars on this one are awesome, and it's a highlight of that soundtrack that includes some pretty good songs like Going Back to Cali by LL Cool J Mm. and Bring the Noise by Public Enemy. Hazy Shade of Winter, it's just a great song. I don't know. Did I mow the entire no, lawn no, no. or do you, you have left more me a little Simon bit, and Garfunkel? You left me a little bit, a little oh, bit of stuff to say. All right. So why don't I do Go my... That. Th- Hazy Shade of Winter is actually my number one, so, but why don't I do it now? Oh, since, is it? Yeah. So why don't okay. I do it now since you brought it up? Then I'll do my number two, and then you can do your number one and be the bookends for the episode because Hazy Shade of Winter was on the Simon and Garfunkel album... Bookends from 1968. So oh, look at that. there we Neat go. Neat segue. That's professional broadcasting, people. <laughs> Take notes. Thanks. Tip your waitresses. We planned that. <laughs> yeah, right. Not. Uh, anyway, it's funny. The reason... So I'll talk about the song just a brief bit first. It was written... It was okay. released in 1966 by Simon and Garfunkel as a single and then put on the album Bookends in 1968. The lyrics are okay. a pretty obvious callback to California Dreamin'. Or the leaves are brown and the sky is hazy shade of winter. It really echoes all the leaves are brown and the sky is gray. It's funny yeah. what you don't like about it is exactly what I do like about it because every time we make a list I'm always coming up with Simon and Garfunkel ideas I'm like well I can't really use this it's not really rock and it's not close enough I'm pretty broad I'll, I'll define rock pretty broadly if you give me the chance but I yeah. just can't get there with acoustic guitar and you know maybe brushes or this song is an attempt at a rock song and I love the fact that they didn't harmonize I love the fact that they're just doubling their vocal it's kind of aggressive for, for Simon and Garfunkel it's kind of aggressive there are real rock drums on it it's still an acoustic guitar not an electric guitar but they're singing kind of harshly and again they're singing the same they're doubling the vocal rather than harmonizing so to me it's got much more rock energy than almost all the rest of their catalog I can't think of another Simon and Garfunkel song which has the same sort of rock vibe to it yeah everything else that you said is uh you know, yeah, that it was covered by the Bangles. It was also covered by most of My Chemical Romance for Umbrella Academy, which is a really cool track if you check that out. Uh, it's Gerard Way with two of the members of the band doing the cover. Just one thing I like about the lyrics is it's a pretty bleak and depressing song, but the bridge contains a little bit of hope. He says, okay. hang on to your hopes, my... Well, they sing, hang on to your hopes, my friend. That's an easy thing to say, but if your hopes should pass away, simply pretend that you can build them again. Look around. 
And then this time, instead of saying the leaves are brown, the sky's hazy, so in winter, he says, look around, the grass is high, the fields are ripe, it's the springtime of my life. Which I just thought was a nice yeah. little songwriting twist. No one has ever accused Paul Simon of not being a good songwriter. So that was a nice little, uh, for, <laughs> for, what, for what seems like just okay. a throwaway song compared to some of his more elaborate creations, that's a nice little songwriting twist. So that was my number one, actually. So, okay. shall I do my number two, and then so you can what, do your number one? Do your number two. Okay. <laughs> You're definitely going to have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My number two song, <laughs> and this is why I'm wearing my police shirt, is a song called January Stars by Sting. It's a okay. beautiful song, not so well known. It was written during the police years, but never used on an album. Then he wanted to put it on 10 Summoner's Tales, but it didn't make the cut. So it kind of got shelved and eventually released in the streaming age. I don't know that it was ever released before streaming. I have to, I should have checked that out, and I'll have to revisit that in a future, uh, future episode. It's just a beautiful, melancholic song with a beautiful guitar riff. The lyrics are quite, again, quite bleak, but but not depressing quite some of the way some of these other songs are. Ten below and falling fast, those days of summer were long past. My horoscope said you'd come back, I have my doubts, you see. And as I watched the mercury and thought of, mercury referring to the thermometer, and thought about the prophecy, yeah. a new moon and an early thaw, I watched the door for you. And then the chorus is, if January stars came true. The guitar is so clearly recorded, and it sounds so clear on the recording, it makes me think of a clear night sky in winter, which is what you get yeah. in, in, where, in where I come from. A clear night sky with bright stars and a dark, dark sky. I love mm. the song. The only problem with this song is I love it so much that I made it my ringtone. It's been my ringtone for, I'd say, about the last 15 <laughs> years. So I can no longer listen to it, because every time I hear it, I think my phone is ringing. <laughs> you think your phone's going pretty off much. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. So January Stars by Sting, kind of a rarity, but it has reappeared in extended versions of Ten Summoner's Tales and online with, with streaming. Okay, cool. All right. What's your number one, Seth? All right. My number one, going for the bookend, is Riding the Storm Out by REO Speedwagon. Whoa. Yeah. This song is, it's just a great straightforward rock song about being stuck in a blizzard. So there's nothing more winter than that. So they recorded it and put it on their third studio album of the same name, Riding the Storm Out, that was released in 1973. The sessions started out with Kevin Cronin that most people know. If you don't know, he's the current lead singer. But he left the band before the album was finished due to creative differences. So a guy named Mike Murphy took over on vocals. The song would later become a huge hit for the band on their live album after Kevin Cronin had returned to the band. It refers to the band being stuck in a harsh winter blizzard after a show in Boulder, Colorado at a bar named Tulagi. Oh. I don't know if that bar is still there. but My, my cousin it, ran that bar in the 70s and 80s. <laughs> you're kidding! Yeah, I'll have to talk about oh him someday. Gosh. My cousin is actually kind of a legendary Colorado rock promoter, but that was his first job, was running Tulagi. Oh, no, uh, another one first, Ebbetsfield, and then later Tulagi. Those are his big deals for him. Wow, so... Yeah. If he was there in the early 70s, maybe he, was, maybe he was running it when they he, were there. He might have that been. would be crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He met all the acts, obviously. Still friends with many of them yeah. today. Yeah. So the live version, which is the best version, is on live You Get What You Play For <laughs> from 1977. That record was recorded at a number of different venues. Soldiers and Sailors Memorial Building in Kansas City. The Convention Center in Indianapolis. Keel Auditorium in St. Louis and Alex Cooley's Electric Ballroom in Atlanta. And I couldn't figure out where Riding the Storm Out 
was recorded, but it was one of those spots. Mm. The song reached number 94 on Billboard's Hot 100 chart, but it has since become a classic rock radio staple. I just love the ways that Kevin Cronin talks to the crowd before they start the song with a synthesizer line that sounds kind of like an avalanche warning horn. And then he screams out, last song, people! <laughs> and they, they crank it up and go into it at the end of the song when they're doing the trash can ending and everything. And he's like, you're beautiful, people! <laughs> it's, just, it's just great. It's cool. an awesome song. That's my number one winter song, nice. Riding the Storm Out by REO Speedwagon. I only had a couple of Me honorable too. mentions. I'll do mine and you can have the last word. Sure. I had to have a Rush song. By Tor and the Snow Dog uh, <laughs> is just, it's all about winter and the and the fight between the two of them. So that was a good one. I love New Year's Day by U2, mm, but choice. Uh, even though it's a little bit about winter, but not a whole lot. So I left it off. And then one that I couldn't put in just because it's more metaphorical than directly literal is Out in the Cold by Tom Petty and the Heart. That's Breakers. on my honorable mentions as well. That was right. both, I, f- I thought that was both literal and figurative, but just for Tom Petty, it's filler. Yeah. <laughs> it's not, it's a good, it's a nice little song, but yeah. it's f- hard to find top five material for this topic. That's true. All right. What are the rest of your honorable mentions? Well, I had Holocene by Bon Iver, which is a great song, and it is about winter, or at least it's very wintry, but I just used it on our top five songs right. to chill out episode. I had California Dreamin', and I, I, I know they were talking about winter, but that's not winter to me, which is why I didn't include it. Um, I had <laughs> The Hounds of Winter by Sting. and Again, it's a nice little song, but for Sting, it's not really a distinguished cut, and uh, I couldn't put two Sting albums or two Sting songs on my top five. I had Out in the Cold by Tom yeah. Petty. Sweater Weather by The Neighborhood. Eh, it's a nice song. And uh, the, Fox in yeah. the, <laughs> the Fox in the Snow by Bell and Sebastian. I love the lyrics and I love the topic, but the song doesn't really do much for me. And Bell and Sebastian's like a pretty cool band, and this didn't really... I was kind of like, I, I think they have a lot better songs. I hate to put this on a top five list. So those are my barely honorable mentions. So... <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully we can listen to one or two of these songs and then maybe pull the holiday songs back out and, you know, have a nice winter holiday with some good rock and roll songs. Yeah, listen, uh, you know, let's be honest. These are nice songs, but... Get your Hugo on, get your warm, fuzzy blanket and your cozy socks and your spiced cider or your hot chocolate and curl up in front of the fire and just listen to some good old holiday music. That's what it's all about in this time of year. So... Yeah, it really, really is. Happy holidays, Seth. Happy holidays, Matt. If you want to listen to the songs that we mentioned on this podcast in their entirety, check out the Spotify playlist that we've got in the show notes to hear them all. So was there something on this podcast that you wanted to talk to us about? (laughs) Did we get something wrong? Do you not agree with some of the stuff that we said? Then you need to email us at podcast at rock-u.fr.
Extra Credit, the Rock You podcast is brought to you with support from our partners at Big Pebble Records. Big Pebble Records is your one-stop shop for all music production in Paris. Everything from the composition to the creative side, to the recording and engineering, to the mixing and mastering, to the distribution and publication and publicity. Check them out at www.bigpebblerecords.com. And of course, you will hear lots of Rock You musicians on that label. Extra Credit, the Rock U podcast, is a production of Rock U. Expertly engineered and recorded by my good friend Seth Hinkley. And our theme music is written and produced by Tom Walters. Rock U is a nonprofit association, Loi 1901, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>